I'm Cheryl Matochik, Senior Vice President of Strategic Resources and Initiatives here at the Council in Washington, D.C., where I focus on underlying factors contributing to the changing commercial insurance market, the dynamics of that in the U.S. and globally, and in turn, arming brokers that are members of the Council with Intel to help with just uh, strategic decision making. So that's a little bit about, about my role at the Council. I'm really thrilled to be joined today by Scott Robertson, um, who's the Managing Director at KPI Soft. KPI Soft, for those of you that have not heard of this really unique company, is headquartered in Houston, but is a global company and leader in providing a variety of industries with enterprise performance management software via an AI-driven platform. We, we selected KPI Soft to have this conversation, and Scott in particular with today, um, for a variety of reasons, but about a year ago, the council surveyed uh, a mixture of our broker members around the topics that are biggest priority as brokers think about utilizing technology and data um, increasingly in their businesses to create efficiencies, to smooth out the client experience, and also drive uh, more unique value and offerings to their clients. And one of the things that, that we sort of rose to the top of that list as we did that survey was in the, in the data analytics provider space, of which there is a huge abundance of companies uh, selling into the broke through the broker channel, um, one of the, the areas that I think, you know, our, our constituent base at the council has most been focused on is internally within their operations, leveraging data analytics to enhance uh, commercial insurance brokerage performance. That led as one of the top issues brokers in the council's membership were seeking to tackle uh, about a year ago and continue to hear a lot of activity on that front. So this, this podcast should be very timely. Really thrilled to have you with us, Scott. You know, Scott, it would be great if you could um, sort of set the stage and tell us a little bit about KPI Soft's story and where the company is today. You bet. Well, first and foremost, thank you, Cheryl, for, uh, for the invite and the opportunity uh, to be able to speak with, uh, with the council uh, as well as uh, the constituents of the council. So we're, uh, we're honored and privileged to, 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 to be part of the conversation today. KBI Soft was, was founded back in 2008, uh, and really it was founded traditionally as a, as a performance management tool. Um, as that continued to grow and we kind of stayed in the lab for a long time because we wanted to do something beyond traditional performance management. And so in 2016, we did our global launch really as a system of intelligence, uh, delivering hyper-personalized, contextual, time-relevant insights to the employees to enable them to elevate in whatever data point they needed elevation in or, or whatever increase inside the organization that was trying to happen. And so you started looking at strategies that was happening in the B2C consumer world, whether it was something like a Facebook or a Netflix or a LinkedIn or even in an Uber type of scenario where technology began to understand the user and began to make recommendations to the user. And so that's really when we began to change the idea of what analytics was and how consumers and how users wanted to be able to adopt analytics. 
No, that's great. I mean, tell us, you know, Scott, a little bit more about how you got into the insurance vertical. You didn't start there. And, you know, how did you arrive at um, bringing the the solution into the insurance market? Yeah, you bet. So when we started, um, it was it was really an area where we had a, a company that we were dealing with, or a client that we were dealing with, and they were trying to engage their agents, right? They, in this particular scenario or in their particular uh, uh, setup, they were a captive agent uh, market or a captive agent model, and they were dealing with roughly 90% of the revenues coming out of about 10% of the agents. And what they were trying to understand is in this very disparate model where they had agents spread all over uh, a region, a very large, expansive region, how could they engage the agents, produce information down to the agent level in a, in a very contextual, uh, real-time environment so they could see what kind of tendencies were going on in the marketplace, what kind of products might need to be recommended to clients, how do we increase wallet share inside the agencies, how do I increase my commissions and my earnings as an agency. And so that was kind of really the, the beginning. Um, we, rolled, we rolled that uh, scenario out to where we could get down to an independent agent level, what was, what was important to that agent, how could they grow their book of business, what kind of product looks might they want to be able to, uh, to bring into their particular marketplace. And then the, the way our platform works is it contextualizes at each level. There's different personas, right? So the chief revenue officer of the agency was wanting to see longer-term trends. The, the area managers within the agency wanted to be able to understand different performance levels across multiple agent and multiple location scenarios and, and how to be able to help enhance and grow each one of those agencies in their, uh, in their particular regions. And then down specifically at the agent level, they wanted to know what do I need to do about my book of business right now? And so as we, as we contextualize those insights all the way down, what we found was you could align really where the, the key performance factors were for the organization from a strategic level, but also at the agency level. And you saw a growth in wallet share, you saw a growth in premiums, you saw a growth in market segment that began to, uh, began to have a very significant effect for the, for the organization. So tell me, yeah, tell me, keep on that thread. Tell me a little bit more about how the platform takes in data and what you need at the baseline level to, in order for the platform to really, to, to, to really use its brain and work in the way that you just described and contextualizing the information for different personas within a company based on your role. Yeah, great question, right? Uh, the the perception in, in inside of companies right now is that a lot of organizations feel like they don't have the right data to be able to implement a system of intelligence or or some type of artificial intelligence platform, right? Uh, when we really break it down for them. Every organization is already doing these type of methods. There's reports that are already being generated. They're typically in some type of Excel spreadsheet. Uh, maybe they're in some type of performance management platform. But that, that data, 
doesn't align with data that might be sitting inside of a CRM system. So what we look at is, all right, let's take the data that's coming in from the sales force or, or CRM system. Let's look at the data that's inside the ERP system. Let's look at our marketing data that might be sitting in a, in a different strategic system. And then let's look at market tendencies that are going on outside of all that that might be uh, in real-world scenarios, uh, whether it's different industry reports that need to be looked at, uh, whether it's growth that's happening in, in a particular region based, of, based on market sector. So there's a lot of real-world data that's just sitting out on, on the web or, or other industry reports. The key to all of that, though, is that we spend a lot of time, well, with our clients understanding what is it that you're trying to measure? What is the data points that are most significant to the organization that you're trying to elevate, that you're trying to grow? And when we get into the data conversation or when we get into the metrics conversation, what we find is typically in order to be able to move a single data point, you're having to grab data out of multiple systems that currently aren't connected. And so as we begin to build the data that supports each data point and then generates the persona layers down to this is what the agent wants to see out of that data. Here's what the area manager is looking to see. Here's what the vice president's looking to see. And here's what the CRO is looking to see. But it's all aligned on that single data point. And when the insight is sent, that insight is now tech contextualized to every individual at the same time. So instead of being in a situation like one of our uh, CROs who works with us, you know, whenever he would go out into the field and meet with his sales organization or his brokerage organization, he would kind of have a whole set of reports. Um, and they would sit down and they would have to review all that and they'd have meetings and then they'd walk away and three, four weeks later they'd come back. So we're going to compress all of that down into about a 45-minute conversation. That insight's going to go from the from the C level all the way down to the execution layer, the agent themselves. Everybody understands what that data point is, and everybody gets the movement or the insight of here's where you need to go next. Here's the direction that you want to take, um, and that's how we build those those type of systems to be able to push that data. That's re that's really helpful. Um, you know, I, I think you touched on, you know. Uh, illuminating for us, you know, what the ideal, you know, I think our listening audience would love to understand kind of in an ideal client persona looks like. As you look to the U.S. market and the commercial independent um, insurance brokerage community, is there sort of an ideal customer um, persona that you find in the insurance sector in the U.S. is really attractive to, to you at KPI Soft? Absolutely. Uh, there's really two, if you will. The first is that, that large insurance organization or the large brokerage organization that's in high acquisition mode. They're growing, they're developing through acquisition, and now they're pulling in these smaller brokerage organizations, but how do I assimilate the two organizations together? Uh, how do I grab what data is important to us and begin to push that data into that new acquisition? So that ends up becoming a very interesting conversation because typically that's long and it's drawn out and it takes a lot of time just to work that, those two assimilation pieces together. But when you begin having the performance conversation around that, then it's, uh, okay, 
here's the data that we're tracking, here's the performance metrics that we're tracking, and there's some alignment and there's some misalignment. And where the misalignment comes, that's where you want to use your data analysts, you want to use your business analysts, you want to maybe use some data scientists in the large brokerage organizations that are already there and have them really focus on let's put the data models inside the acquisitions so that we can get the most out of that acquisition and we can get the most uh, uplift from, from the acquisition that we've done. And so they really understand that data is an asset and they want to be able to maximize that asset to its greatest capabilities. The other organization that's really strong inside the marketplace is that middle market organization. And they're the organization that doesn't necessarily have access to deep data science. They're not really looking for deep data science. But what they do want is they want smart analytics. They want to be able to take the data that they have, apply smart analytics to it in an easy to understand way and push that out to their field. And the, the, the quicker they can push that out to the field in a highly adoptive, personalized manner, now they get the benefit of analytics without the heavy, heavy investment maybe that's needed and the deep data science that's needed that they're not ready to go whole hog into or necessarily have the desire to go whole hog into. Uh, so those are the two key areas that we look for. But first and foremost, it has to be an organization that recognizes data as an asset. Do you feel like in the conversations that, you, that you've been having that, you know, from my perspective, you say, you know, data has to be viewed as an asset and people have to be willing to to invest um, in that in that um, I, I believe it's table stakes going forward do you feel like that is the general sentiment uh, particularly of you know the two groups that you just identified as ideal customer prospects here in the insurance market in the u.s commercially Absolutely. I mean, it, it very much is table stakes right now. Uh, the, you're, you're seeing massive shifts that, uh, that are occurring and organization. The here's, here's the real challenge, right, is that a lot of companies recognize that data is an asset, but they don't know how to align my data strategy with my business strategy. Right. And so you'll see the development of chief data officers, and, and that th those are highly, highly valuable inside organizations right now, right? But you don't want to silo that data officer because you have data right now, and that data is already siloed within your organization. It's how do you begin to de-silo the data so that we can push the right information to the right individual at the right time to make the right decision and really enhance the the employee at every level. And that not only is where, where you are right now today, but if we begin to look at the next generation of agents and the next generation of brokers that are being brought into the process, how do we ramp them up faster? How do we get them the data that they need and a platform that they understand? And how do we begin to measure whether I've even got the right talent to continue to grow the organization? And so, when you begin to when you begin to align this this information properly, then you're creating this next generation type of platform that they're already very familiar with, 
right? Facebook is already making recommendations to those individuals. Netflix is already telling them what they need to watch on TV. Google already understands what it is they want to buy. Amazon's already built out entire bridal registries for these individuals based on what they've done previously. So now the technology is on the back end already building out what it is is expected of them and what it is that we believe they're going to do and how it's going to make an impact in their life. Well, when you start to bring that same technology into an insurance space, not only for your internal employees, but also now for your customers and how you're looking at churn, you're looking at renewals, you're looking at expanding wallet share, that ends up being very, very powerful information that you're now moving two and three steps faster than your competition in, in really, really kind of changing the way the game is made. And as you mentioned, the table stakes are very, very high. Can you talk a little bit about, Scott, you know, your competition, some of the surprises um, in the competitive landscape, um, and who, what do you feel is, is KPI Soft's positioning and advantage um, around that? Yeah, great, great question. I, I think the the biggest challenge in the space and, and this is why i like to use the word system of intelligence more so than ai these days is that all of a sudden everybody's ai right. yeah it's like what does that <laughs> so, mean ai <laughs> exactly every every company on the block you throw up a new shingle and yes we're ai but what exactly does that mean and most of the most of the companies themselves who are who are invested or looking to understand this space are still trying to answer that question, and so they don't necessarily know the right questions to ask or or what what AI means to them, right? And, and I should say that what does AI mean to them? And then what is what does it mean to strategic performance management? Uh, are we talking about just machine learning around claims management? Are we looking at uh, policy selections? Are we looking at risk matching technologies and utilizing AI and machine learning from risk matching scenarios, which are, are certainly very important? What what we really look at and where we try to try to define ourselves is yes, the analytics are crazy important. But the analytics without context is just data. And the trap that 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 organizations find themselves in is they go and grab data because data is very important. But now, how do we take that data after we've grabbed massive amounts of it and contextualize it so that a user knows what to do with the data? And how do we know what data to push to which individual? And how that data is going to now be used and consumed to lift the organization? That becomes a very, very challenging point because data in and of itself without context just creates more challenges and more problems. It creates more discussion. I like to think of it kind of like a LinkedIn scenario. Most everybody I know has been on LinkedIn at one time or another, or maybe they've been on Facebook at one time or another. And so in these type of platforms, imagine if, if there was an analytics tab on your LinkedIn page 
and you went to your LinkedIn page and you clicked on the analytics tab. And once you clicked on the LinkedIn analytics tab, it said birthdays, it said job changes, it said blog posts, it said news that's interesting to you. And I go, oh, okay, wow, here's, here's some analytics going on in my community. And I click on job changes and I click on job changes and out pops a, a map of the United States and I can see a heat map of the United States and here's all my contacts and oh wow in Texas there was 122 people that I know that just had a job change wow that that's kind of cool I'm, I'm getting I'm getting access to data I'm being able to visualize my data right right but what LinkedIn realized is that you know what how many people are going to go click on on this information four or five times to be able to go drill down into it. The data analyst would, the business analyst might, but somebody who's actually out there trying to make something happen, they're not going to do that. We're just going to tell that person, hey, this person made a job change, tell them congratulations. So now the system's just going to deliver that information directly to them. That's where technology is, is leading organizations to be able to go. And that's how when when you look at just analytics by itself, the analytics have to be placed inside a system of intelligence that takes the analytic and pushes it to the right user so that the user knows what to do with it and can act on it. If you're just running analytics that sit inside an analytics engine, yes, it's important, but you're not delivering it to the area to be able to get the uplift on the analytic that you're looking for. And then how do you measure whether you got any uplift on that animal? And that's where, that's where we kind of, we're that link between what's going on in the analytic and what's going on in the business that drives the uplift that you're trying to create. That's, that's that final mile, if you will, that brings that data source all into something contextual and something actionable. And when you do it from a nudge, standpoint, it's a lot easier than just having to bang somebody over the head. So if I send somebody an insight that says, hey, your, you know, your churn ratio is projected to be 20% in your uh, life policies over the next 30 days in this particular zip code, here's a list of the potential policies, give them a call and have a conversation with them. Or you haven't connected with this particular individual in 45 days. Churn ratio says they may drop out, right? And, and so that's how, that's how when you personalize and, and contextualize that information, you're able to see that, that uplift and, and an individual is able to consume that data and there's an analytic, but now I'm making that analytic actionable through a nudge that says, if you make, if you make this phone call, if you make this action, you, you, could, you could stave off a result before it's too late. So let's talk about, since we're talking about sales performance um, as one of the areas, but, you know, one of many that you could apply this to, economic impact. Uh, I know you, KPI Soft, worked with Forrester on a report that, that really teased out some key highlights of how KPI Soft has helped companies increase performance, cut costs, streamline business process, and how that was quantified into economic impact. Could you share just a couple uh, either key highlights or surprises that you uncovered um, in that report with Forrester that they did? Yeah, no, absolutely. 
so there, there was kind of a couple different areas in there. One, well, one being your, your quantified benefits, right, that really come down to things that were being measured. And so in, in this particular scenario, it was insurance premiums. And so there was a 32%, uh, almost 33% uh, increase in, in insurance premiums over, over the time period uh, of the study, which became an in incremental profit from agent productivities of, uh, of, of almost $1.5 million. Um, and, and so that that became a, a significant play for this company because, again, as, as we as we began the the conversation, they were in a roughly ninety percent revenue coming from ten percent of agents, and so in order to be able to expand that and increase their their agent population or their their uh, their growth of their agent population, and now their risk as an organization wasn't significantly as high. And they began to tee in on some things that were very important from agent productivity and agent growth that they could replicate over and over and over. Uh, the other things that, that were interesting is just report generation type of scenario. The more that we were able to push information directly out through a mobile platform or a desktop platform and sales managers, executives, uh, agents themselves were able to save a lot of time from analyzing accurate reports to specifically getting to the heart of what was important to them. Uh, that, that became very significant. Uh, and then there's little things like gamification and the ability to have leaderboards and leader tables and seeing where your peers are performing across the organization in a, in a real-time environment. And where am I performing as compared to my peers? Uh, how much further do I have to go to be able to, uh, to, be able to potentially win a sales contest or, uh, or land another key account? So uh, all of those things, having that data uh, being pushed out directly to those individuals created a, a buy-in at a whole new level. And I think they, I think they were surprised by that. Uh, that as they, as they contextualize that information and as they personalize that information, the users of the platform have really jumped to the KPI soft module. The funny thing about this is that when, when they rolled the platform, they were looking to go to a mobile strategy. So they actually rolled five mobile applications at the same time, KPI soft being one of the five. Hmm. After 12 months, KPI soft is the only mobile application that is still used on a day in and day out basis. So the access to data that they were able to get in all the other mobile platforms have kind of fallen by the wayside because it wasn't the mobile adoption. It was, this is personalized, this is about me, this is data that immediately affects what I'm doing and how I can become better. And so that I think was the largest aha that came to this particular client that they weren't expecting. They thought, okay, let's just roll this mobily and give people access to data. What they've realized is access to data is, is no longer something that's different from anybody else. It's now how do we give individuals data that's consumable and actionable and nudges you to move in the direction to be able to elevate yourself and your performance. 
so they end up having you know the ROI back to the numbers scenario, right? So the so their ROI on that was uh, was over 250 percent, in um, and they received the payback within six months. They they immediately saw uh, the return of everything that they had invested and more, and uh, and now we're obviously rolling out at a at a much much larger level uh, with that client and and many others in the insurance space that we're working with right now. Well, we all look forward to at the council and and. Uh, look forward to seeing KPI's journey continue. I know you, those of you that are listening, uh, Scott can be found on LinkedIn, and you can also follow KPI Soft there um, and reach out to, to Scott if you want to get into uh, more granular questions directly. Um, thank you so much, Scott, for joining us today, and thank you for listening to, to CouncilCast. You can listen more on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. And everyone, please subscribe and leave us a review or rating to tell us how we're doing on these. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can find us at CIAB.com, at the CIAB on Twitter, or you can email in at councilcast at CIAB.com. Thank you so much, Scott, for being with us today, and we'll see you next time.